Companies all over the globe are developing and molding their own give back models. My name is Christine Petrella, and I'm fortunate enough to host a podcast where I can speak with these companies and help us all learn the unique ways that companies big and small are doing good things in their communities and giving back to so many important causes. Miriam Nelson is the president and CEO of Newman's Own Foundation. She's held leadership roles at academic institutions, contributed to public policy initiatives, a best-selling author, and she's regularly featured in the press. Today, she's here to talk to us on the Give Back Model podcast about how 100% of profits go to charities worldwide. Miriam, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm very well. Christine, thank you for having me. I'm honored to have you on this podcast. Everything you have accomplished, you are incredibly driven and influential in everything you've done. I've been struggling to find the questions to ask you because I have so many questions I want to go over, but would love to start, if you don't mind, if we could just talk about the Newman's Own Foundation. Newman's Own has pioneered the give back model. And I would love to hear from you and the listeners would love to know more about that story and where it started. Oh, well, thank you for asking that question. Newman's Own is really an extraordinary organization, and it truly was the very first cause-driven give-back organization. Paul Newman, the actor, philanthropist, race car driver, and advocate, in 1982, with his best friend, created a salad dressing, and he was giving it to his best friends and family, and they all said, you should sell it. And he said, sell it? Are you crazy? And then He started to sell it and he had two things that were important. One, never compromise on quality. And then the other is we're going to give it all away. And so back in 1982, he made the decision that all profits, 100% of the profits would be given away to great causes. And that has happened since day one. And we've given over $570 million away to great causes all over the world, great individuals, social entrepreneurs. I mean, it's just extraordinary. So what's fascinating for me is having sort of watched this, and I'll tell you if you want at some point my story of how I got involved with Newman's Own, but let's go back to the origins. Like when you watch the trajectory, I mean, we really were the very first to really do this. I mean, and we give a hundred percent. I mean, many organizations give, you know, which is all great, but we are really, the reason that we have this organization is to give it all away. We've remained true to that since the very, very beginning. That's great. So he had, you know, he had his fame. Everyone knew who he was. So was he just kind of saying, I have what I need, so let's just give it all away. And that's how we're going to build our company. Oh, I think it's much more than that. I did not get to meet Paul Newman, but I've certainly read a ton of material, interviews, talked to a lot of people who knew him really well. I believe that his thinking here was that we can use the power of a food company for good. So it wasn't just that, you know, he was already uh, very well-to-do and he was obviously one of the most recognized figures in the world. He'd won Oscars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think it was really about let's use the power of a company to do good in the world. That's what I think this was all about. And that's why he is one of the pioneers of the give back. So when did you get involved? About a decade ago, maybe 11 years ago, I was a grantee. So I was an academic. I was at Tufts University doing work around 
nutrition, children, women's health. And we were looking to raise some funds for a very big project for children's nutrition. And I was like, Newman's own. I should get in touch with Newman's own. And so I got in touch with Newman's own. And, you know, I, I started as, you know, a person who drank their lemonade and uh, loved their salad dressing. I really had known quite a bit about the organization, but I reached out and ended up being a grantee. So I started out as a recipient of the funding. And then I, about five years later, I actually joined the food company board. And so I joined the board and got more involved. And then there were some leadership transitions and they asked me to take on this position. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the luckiest person in the world. And also like the trajectory, my background is in public health and cause-based work, but starting as a grantee and then as a board member, and then as the president CEO, there's been a, you know, sort of a really interesting trajectory. So that was my my sort of on-ramp into becoming the president and CEO of the foundation. I'm so excited that all of this has happened for you. You are such an inspirational person to look up to. Now, I was talking with your PR manager, Brandon, and he mentioned the hole-in-the-wall gang camp. Is that something that is still going on today? And can you describe to our listeners a little bit about what that camp is? Well, there's a series of camps, about 30 around the, the world, 16, I think it's 16 or 18 actual physical camps, but then there's programming. And these camps, this is something that Paul Newman started in the sort of middle, late 80s. And he really couldn't imagine a more important thing than for a child who was seriously ill to come together with other people like themselves and have fun at a summer camp. Kids, no matter who they are, need the opportunity to have fun and be with others. And so the Hole in the Wall Gang camp started, which is in Ashford, Connecticut. It was the first one. But now there are camps all over the world. And it's an extraordinary mission. And they're stronger than ever in reaching thousands and thousands and thousands of children. And the stories are just extraordinary in terms of you know, the self-esteem and the empowerment and the and connecting with others, because many times these children lead pretty isolated lives. So this is a way to connect with others. And this is a legacy of Paul Newman's that was very, very important to him. So the network of camps is the serious fun children's network, which is helps to oversee and support all of the camps. So yeah, I encourage anybody to go take a look at serious fun children's network or the hole in the wall gang camp. I was on the website and I was able to dive in for, I mean, hours. I was researching all these different organizations. I mean, you guys are supporting thousands and thousands of organizations. How does your team properly vet? Because I'm sure everyone's calling you. Everyone's probably knocking down your doors. How do you guys vet who you work with? Great question. And it's really important that you treat everybody with integrity and respect. And um, what we've been doing over the last year and a half with the foundation is really starting to narrow our focus because we want to make sure that where we are putting our resources, which are not only our philanthropic dollars, but really our voice and thought leadership and where we show up and, and what we stand for, we need to be narrowing that focus so that we can really create more change in the world. And so we're beginning to narrow our focus and and really what we just spoke about is 
is to focus on children, really fighting for children, especially those who are facing adversity, and in two areas in particular, and that is around the children who are seriously ill with the camps, and then also we have a long history of work around food security, nutrition and food security for children. And so when we do that, it's really about investing in really great people, early stage, mid-stage social entrepreneurs. It's really about people and it's about community. And then using the power of convening to make connections and you, you start to realize, well, this person is doing that work and that organization. And if you can start to bring them together, you have even more power. So we're, we are very careful about vetting and making sure they're very upstanding organizations, but it's around, really around betting on great people. Yeah. And I noticed that's another thing on your website, your core values. So you say serious fun. We take our work seriously, but not ourselves. And that's one of your core values. So can you give us an example of how your corporate culture is unique and maybe something that we don't see in the greater corporate world? Oh, well, I I have to say, I I like to think that more and more organizations are really embracing sort of those core values. You know, I think that really started with Paul Newman, and he was a very irreverent in the most wonderful way, but he really showed up and he advocated for others. So you can have fun, enjoy each other's company, and be engaged and care about each other and still have some fun and raise a little hell and be irreverent because we work long hours and we, you know, it's about making sure that you're enjoying your work, but that you also see the benefit and the impact of your work. So that little dose of irreverence in the most respectful way is a good thing. And you're a great example of that because I've seen how you are out there, you are boots on the ground, you are super active in your community and everything that you're doing. So how important is it for the CEO and the leadership to be so entrenched in the day-to-day operations? Well, you know, it's day-to-day operations. So a couple of things to keep in mind is I get to lead the philanthropy side of the business. And then I have a wonderful colleague, Dave Best, who runs the food company. And we are absolutely in, in lockstep together. So I don't have to worry about whether the pasta sauce is on the shelves. I don't get, have to worry about that. But I do care deeply about the food companies, you can imagine, because our donors, our donors to the foundation are the people that buy the salad dressing and the salsa and the popcorn and the lemonade and the frozen pizzas. And they're, you know, they're great tasting food, but that's our donor. So I do, I care about the donor. And then the importance of really being there on the, on the ground floor, I think in my, my life and my work, through the last three and a half decades, I've always found that when you truly listen and understand the people that are at the front line, that are running the, the local organizations and the other mid-size organizations, if you know them and you listen to them, you get the wisdom from them and that informs the work. And the work has to be driven by and co-created by those individuals in those organizations in which you're supporting. But if you're up at too high a level and you actually don't, you know, it's it's all filtered up, you, you truly don't hear it. So it's important to be on site, make those visits, get to know people, you know, and truly get to know them and their work. Then your impact is just going to be so much, much, much better. 
No, I totally agree. So, Miriam, what keeps you up at night? Oh, uh, luckily, I'm a good sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say what keeps me up at night is, you know, I care deeply that we are using our full power and all of our resources wisely and to the best use and that we have the greatest impact possible. You know, as I mentioned before, check writing is one thing and check writing is really, really, really important. And I've been on the recipient end of that, you know, when I was a grantee, but it's how can we use the full power of the foundation to create the change in the world that we're working towards? And so that's, it's more about what could we be doing better and um, making sure that, you know, we are also funding the best and the brightest and those that have the most potential. And, you know, there's a lot of great work out there, a lot of great work out there. And it's um, really thinking of, of that, bringing that work to light and amplifying and accelerating it. Yeah, well, working towards change. I mean, you guys have proven you've donated to, what, over 22,000 organizations across the world, which my mind is blown with that number. So I'm sure it's impossible to just pick one, but I would love to hear a story of one that stuck with you. Maybe one that you said, yes, this is why I've committed my life's work to doing this. Oh, gosh, there are so many. You know, certainly the camps are just extraordinary. And I personally have a son who's seriously ill. And so seriously ill, he's not a child anymore, but it really, you know, it's deeply personal to me. So the camps, but I'm going to pick a more recent one. And that is an extraordinary woman named Leah Penniman. And Leah Penniman founded and runs an organization called Soul Fire Farm. And Soulfire Forum is in New York, but she's really gaining traction, not only regionally, but nationally. And it's it's a really around food sovereignty, especially around Black and Indigenous farmers. And she connects with the community like nobody else I've ever met. And it's really Soulfire Farm. It's catching on fire. And that's her point. And I'm very, very inspired by Leah. So she is a great example of an early stage social entrepreneur that has a vision and a mission and has really the motivation and the like brilliance to figure out how to really bring it to life for others. So I'm going to just say Soulfire Farm and Leah Penniman. She's, she's just an extraordinary lady. Well, I can't wait to look that up. Um, what I'll do is I'll post all of that information in the show notes so that all the listeners can then easily jump on and visit more about Leah's causes. So what advice do you have for girls and women who are looking up to you as such a successful social entrepreneur? Mm, one is show up, like literally show up. You know, when there's an organization that's in need or there's something in your community that needs some attention or a friend, you know, show up for them. When you show up, you care. You also learn a lot. And then think about where, you know, your whole life doesn't have to be about service, but for some it is. But there are many ways to think about giving back. I have a daughter that works at the World Health Organization right now, and it's been fun talking to her about COVID and, you know, healthcare in fragile states. And the reality is, like, when you're thinking about change, we need 
grassroots operators, but we also need great lawyers. We need MBAs. We need great politicians. We need health advocates. We need great farmers. Like, so you can intersect in any way. So follow what your skill set is and what you really are interested in. But there's different ways to be making change within any organization where you might be. That is great advice. Just show up. Throughout this whole journey of this podcast, a lot of people said, you know, just get it started, just get going. And that's one of the hardest steps, even for someone who's trying to get into the gym or trying to get their mind back healthy. There's that first step and that first step is showing up. So I love that advice. And you mentioned something else. And so with your daughter, my son is seven. I have a daughter who's four. And sometimes I'm trying to figure out how do I get them to start thinking about giving back? And you mentioned earlier, it's not just about writing that check. It's about getting involved on you know a deeper level. So how can we get our younger generation to get more involved in giving back? Yeah, it's a really important question. One is, I think, you know, modeling it for young children. And, you know, it's the discussion around the dinner table and the breakfast table. It's about current events. It's about highlighting change that you've seen and how that happened. I also think I didn't do this, but I've seen this lately. And I love the idea is there's ways to have giving circles within a family and to say, you know, check writing is really important for those that can do it. But to think about, you know, as a family, we're going to be giving away a certain amount of money each year and giving back, but bringing the children into the conversation and also having them have some agent, maybe not at seven, but it depends on your child. But as they you know, get into their teens, doing some research and making some choices. And the next thing you know, people get really invested in these organizations and it gets real really quick. Wow. Great advice. So I want to ask you, maybe this is a question for uh, Mr. Best, but I want to know, it's a two-part question. What is next for Newman's Own, pantry-wise? Oh, yeah. I can't answer that question. Let me just say, running a food company during the pandemic has been really, really an extraordinary time. But also, like we felt the importance there was a collective feeling of the importance of, you know, shelf stable, reasonably priced, high quality food and getting it out there. But in terms of the selection of the foods and what direction we're going to go in, I, I really am I'm not in a place to be able to answer that question. I just know that we will continue to put great quality food, great tasting food, and listening to our consumers and and have the consumers help us decide also where to go and making sure we give 100% of our profits away to great causes. The reason I asked that question is important because as shoppers and everybody who's listening who's shopping, when they go to that grocery store and they have that decision to make between the two salad dressings, now we know what our money is going to getting that delicious salad dressing or lemonade, but it's also going back to a great cause. So yeah, but if I, if I might interrupt you, sorry, uh, but I will say, I don't think we've done a great job at telling our story to our consumers. And so we will do better as we move forward in telling the story. I mean, our packaging is where people interact with us, you know, certainly social media and everything else, but the packaging. And so we will do even better with telling our story so that when you see that salad dressing, you know exactly, oh my God, that's the brand that gives it all away. And that will make a bigger difference, I think. I'm so glad you brought that up because when I've been talking with a couple of people about having you on the podcast, 
their feedback was, oh, I didn't know. You know, a few did and a few were super excited because they understood the entire timeline of how the foundation started and when all of that came up. But the way that I found out about it was a friend had, he was at a shoot for a show that's coming out and they were given salads in the break room and he turns the salad packet over and looked at it and he sent me a screenshot of it right away. And that's when I said, oh my gosh, I had no idea. So the more that we can get out that word and get out that story, I think just having a little, you know, the message on the back of a salad packet, (laughs) there we go. So what's next for the foundation, Miriam? Uh, Really, really thinking about nutrition security for children, focusing on, uh, you know, a number of the organizations, people whom we've been supporting, thinking about uh, the hardest hit during COVID has been Indigenous children, Native American children. Uh, So really thinking about them, thinking about how can we make a big difference in schools because that's the epicenter. I mean, children go to school. And so thinking about school meals and supporting that work and really thinking about how we can expand the footprint of the camps to reach more children who are seriously ill. So there's a lot of work ahead, but it's all really important and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. And I have an extraordinary team of individuals and a committed board that I get to work with. So I, I feel very lucky. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So what can we do to best support Newman Zone? Get the word out. And I love the fact that your colleague friend was in a green room. There was salad and a salad dressing. And the person had the foresight to look and say, oh, my gosh, Christine needs to see this. So if we could do some, you know, spread the word about, did you realize that this food company gives it all away? Nobody else does that. I mean, people don't even believe us because they're like, why would you do that? Well, we do it because we want to use the power to make change in the world. So get the word out. So I appreciate you helping us get the word out. Absolutely. Shout out to Blair. Thank you, Blair, for sending that photo. (laughs) Thank you, Blair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll continue to get the word out. That's why I started this podcast. There are so many companies out there doing so many good things. You were the pioneer. Paul Newman had this vision. And I am so thankful and grateful for everything he's done. And I'm so happy to see you step into the role. I am cheering you on and I will continue to support Newman's own. Miriam, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. You've been amazing. Christine, thank you for having me on and thank you for your advocacy of this really important work. Thank you. Today, Paul Newman's legacy and mission continues. More than $570 million has been donated to thousands of organizations worldwide. They give 100% of profits to charity and they have these amazing ways to give back. From nutrition education and fresh food access to supporting military personnel, veterans, and their families, They have camps serving children living with medical conditions. One of the camps was called the Hole in the Wall Gang Camp, where kids can come together, raise a little hell, and live in the moment. This is what the Newman's Own Foundation was all about. Thank you for listening to the Give Back Model Podcast. To hear more episodes, head over to thegivebackmodel.com, where you can also find show notes and more information about each episode and what we discussed with the guests. Thank you so much for your support. If you are enjoying the Give Back Model podcast, please head over to your listening avenue of choice and either like, subscribe, follow, or leave a review. I appreciate all your support and continue to help give back to your communities.